Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Saints Radio. And um, we are blessed to feel some cool breezes out there this morning. I guess after a 104, 105 degree clip for the last week, we had some rain that came through here on Sunday night late, and um, it's still going to be in the mid-90s today, but man, I was walking out in the parking lot praying, and just needed to go get my my scarf. <laughs> you know, Sunday, Sunday when I left my, I walked out the back door to go to church, and Sundays I don't usually I walk the dog during the week, but Sundays I don't. I just come here, and when I stepped outside. I don't even know how to describe the heat. It was it was like it I mean it felt so oppressive. And you know, I never want to like I don't want to complain cuz we live in Texas by choice because God has us here, so I guess it's not by choice, but you know, I don't want to complain about the weather. I don't want to complain about the heat, but year after year, I think that there comes a time where you start feeling the enemy oppression. And that was the first day that I felt that oppression. And literally, I felt like it carried through the whole day until completely and totally unexpected. I was upstairs in Noah's room watering his plants. And I see these big, I hear the trees because there's a lot of trees surrounding his room and there's a lot of windows and no curtains. And so... Um, the trees started blowing and all of a sudden big huge raindrops hit the window and then this storm blew through and it like broke yeah and I was so thankful for that because I I had felt this weighty just oppression all day long and you know I Pete Delkis who's one of our weathermen I saw on Twitter that he had posted about the cool front that was coming in which, of course, I got really excited about because rather than it being 105, it was only going to be 96. (laughs) But he said, so rather than feeling, I don't know if you saw this, rather than feeling like we're in the center of hell, we're going to feel more like we're on the outskirts of hell. (laughs) (laughs) But still, I mean, I was praising God for that because I thought that is, I mean, that's a pretty accurate statement of what it felt like to me on Sunday. Now, we still came and we still worshiped and the, the Lord was here and moved and but the atmosphere has been very oppressive or was very oppressive to me on that day and you know sometimes I sometimes it's hard not to to react to it and I, I'm learning and I mean, I always go back to when the Lord visited Abraham and he was sitting in the door of his tent in the heat of the day and wonder what that must have felt like because the Lord often visits in atmospheres like that. So anyway, I'm thankful for the cool breeze too. And I was very thankful for that storm that blew through. And I was home by myself and so it was, which is very rare. And of course, the dog started barking and going crazy. <laughs> but
but anyway, I rejoice with you. Well, that's that's a neat perspective of Abram sitting in the in the tent in the plains of Mamre, and God comes. It's a it's a it's a a measure of a breakthrough. It was definitely a transitional moment for him because the Lord spoke at that point. Isn't that when He spoke the promise? Yeah, yeah, and he was on his way to Sodom, where the angels were. Yeah. So. He may have been there to speak at some of the some of the groups that were advocating for equal rights there. I I don't think that's what he was going there for, but that's what the, not what the scripture says. Um, you know, I I remember. This heat is just so weird, and it does equate to the enemy uh, realm. And um, when I was growing up, if it really got hot, the, the common phrase was, and I'm sure Pastor Pam would remember this, it's 90 degrees in the shade. <laughs> that was our big thing, you know. So 90 degrees was the... 90 degrees is cool right yeah, now. It is when it's 90 degrees now. I uh, mean, I'm thinking, man, I need to go out and work all day in the sun. Um, of course, I remember the weirdest thing about heat that, that I faced was um, those many months that I worked at the, at the steel mill. And if you went... I worked in one place where there was a furnace, and it was it was hot. But then there was the place where they really heated the stuff in those big pictures where the it, it would tip over and the steel would pour out just flaming hot and in order to go to what they called the canteen which is the kind of the place where you get food you had to walk near to where those three big things were in in this mill that I was in and when those pots would tip and that fire would pour out you could feel it was like a blast of heat. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could just feel it. And the men that worked over there had to wear these big protective, um, uh, protective suits with also some measure of uh, insulation in them. But you could you could just feel like this of heat. And sometimes when I'd go over there, I'd kind of wait till they were going to do it because it was really a weird feeling. It was almost like a, you know, like sometimes when you have a, a sound when, like in a concert, or if you feel your speaker and it pulses with the sound, that, that measure of heat, you know, we talk about sound and light on the same continuum, and that's the essence. But heat in whatever, whatever measure that is also can pulse in that way. And, you know, I wonder, I wonder how that really works. Now, judgment and burning, of course, is the fire. But if you just have heat itself, the force and the power of that is, is incredible. So that's TMI. But I, I remember that. And it was kind of a, it's kind of an impression on my thinking that I've not, I can still feel it. But I'm with you, boy, last week and going into Sunday was just, whew, goodness. 
And I don't even know. I don't know what our friends in Arizona. Oh, but it's hot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you mentioned about the sound and the the vibration of the sound, and nobody judge me for this. I grew up in a Christian home throughout my life, but I I grew up going to concerts because I had older siblings. My brother was very musical, and uh, my family just, there was always music happening in my house. And I can't say that it was hill songs or anything like that. <laughs> but I do love music. I love all kinds of music. And, and so I would tag along for the first number of years with my big brother to go to these concerts. And, and then when I got old enough to, to do it on my own, I continued doing that just because I enjoy music but I remember they used to joke with me because I would be the one that would if there was a possibility to stand close to the speaker or the amps I would be as close as I could and I'm it, it is a miracle that I'm not deaf honestly it's a miracle and I don't know what that draw was but even to this day I mean probably 90% of the time I lay by the speaker in the sanctuary you know it's in but I remember those days of feeling that I don't want to I don't want to call it energy but just the sound waves that would go through my spirit and it wasn't necessarily even um, you know the lyrics or anything like that it was the the waves of sound that would just like go through my spirit and um, I, it's just it's really unique the way God created us and the way all that connects because he created all that and w- our spirit responds in unique ways yeah that's 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 interesting you know there, there are some times when you can like before a visitation from the Lord or um, before there's a, an opening in the realm and an angelic yeah exactly you can feel the ripple you can feel the troubling not the troubling but you can feel the the stirring yeah and um to me it's like a ripple it's like it's almost like when i've when i've sensed like the wave of this i mean you want to i want to say the ways of god i remember learning how when we were studying about the seven spirits and really pressing in to try to discern um, and I still think that there's so much more God wants to, to really teach us in discerning that in the atmospheres and really activate that. But we scratched the surface. And, but I remember that, and I remember like being in, in a setting like in the sanctuary, whether it was a worship time, and, and really trying to discern the wave of the Spirit and what was pro, you know, predominantly moving through that atmosphere and it always, to me, felt like kind of a ripple or um, a wave or I don't really even know how to describe it. But it's, it's very similar to that to me. But light and sound and I don't know. The wind. I mean, he moves on the wind. There's just so many different dimensions and ways that we can experience the Lord. And I think he created our our physical bodies and our spirits to really probe and and know that fully and I know that I, I just, just speaking personally I know that I I have just scratched the surface but I know there's so much more 
I agree. You know, that discerning of spirits is something that I feel God's going to really um, in, enhance our, our recognition of His ways and to be able to discern um, the, the various ways that God is presenting Himself is the apex of discerning of spirits. Um, but you know, so many people, when you use the term discerning of spirits, they consider it more of enemy spirits. I mean, to me, yeah. or human spirit, you know, and, and, and yet how important it is for us to discern the seven spirits so that we, you know, it's like knowing the real so that we can discern the false. So there's so much I think he wants to teach us about that. Yeah, that's the standard. That's the standard three. Is it a human spirit? Is it a demonic spirit? Or it is the spirit of God? That's the traditional thing in, you know, that's what we were always taught. But even in, within the spirit of God, the seven was, is not necessarily considered. No, it's, not at all. It's the Holy Spirit, which is one of the seven and 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 certainly something we need to discern and walk in you know it's kind of like being with somebody and you only know them in one way and then years and years and years and years later you recognize that they have this talent or this capability and you think how in the world did we not know that how in the world was that not discerned and i think that i think that what you just said is is what, what the church settles for if they believe in the Holy Spirit at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, even that is being attacked right now. Well, don't you think that, and I, I don't want to take us down the wrong trail, but don't you think that in this year of wisdom, I mean, I was reading about this this morning, and the Lord was just sharing some things with me about the first time that that it really acknowledges when the spirit came upon somebody and it was Bezalel mm-hmm. when God had was commissioning him to to build the temple and 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 it said the spirit came upon him to give him everything he needed creatively innovatively to build what God was calling him to build and you know, really, that's the Old Testament first issuance of that, which is very creative, very innovative. It's it's building something new from the heart of God. And then you've got the outpouring from the book of Acts, which was the first issuance, I guess, of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, which brings in the power. And I just really, I mean, I was really just praying this morning, and I was thinking about how this year, this year of wisdom, God is calling us to initiate and to build things, create things, new things in his wisdom through that dispensation of his spirit. But there's an empowerment in it because we also, how many times has it been spoken over this year that God is going to pour out his spirit? And I'm really, really just pressing into that because I know that God is doing new things, and particularly in this second part of the year, He has been all year. I mean, it's been by force in a lot of ways because we've had to been, we've had to been, we've had to be innovative because of all the restrictions. 
but the Lord, the Spirit thrives in that atmosphere. Yeah. And we've got to seize the day and seize the moment, seize the year, seize the Spirit and the outpouring and and really press into that creative measure because I know God wants to do new things through me that I, in my own thinking, think I have no idea how to do that. It, this is beyond me, even spiritually. I mean, I, and I know that without that spirit, I, I can't do it. But I, I also trust in the fact that he's pouring that out. So, yeah. Well, we've had to deal with the mother of invention. Exactly. Which is necessity. But like maybe what we need to do now is deal with the father of invention. It's a promise of the Father. Yeah. And, you know, every time you're you're exploring a new territory, you're going to feel that way unless you're just so brash that... (laughs) I've I've met a few people in my life that are so go-getter that they just plunge into things. And I think, how do you do that? Really, why do you do that? I mean, I'm more the kind that measures two or three times but then when you do it you you just got to do it you've got to step in yeah and i think one of the big things and this is something that the lord is teaching me once again is to be careful what you declare because i know that i personally have felt overwhelmed with some of the things i know god wants to do and you know rather than saying i i, I know in my own strength my own capacity i I'm not equipped for this right now. Rather than, I mean, rather than, we just have to be careful because he can do anything through us. All he wants from us is a yes. And so, yeah. But it's so easy to look at a mountain and and see your own strength and think, how in the world am I going to cast this into the sea? That's kind of a negative way to look at it. But the principle is there. Right. And I've come face to face with my own inadequacies and my own poverty in the spirit. And and that in itself can become an idol and can keep you from moving forward. And so I really believe that the Lord is speaking that he wants to do the impossible through us. And, you know, that's such a powerful word. Because I think it speaks to the heart of whether humans succeed or fail in God. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there there have been those who live in that sense of inadequacy, and then they they say that God told them not to do this or God mm-hmm. to, and you know that you're just you've wrote yourself a note and signed the Father's name to it. Um, and, you know, I think back to so many of the things that we've had to do as saints, and I, I don't remember any of them where I felt we were ready or that, you know, and, and we didn't enter in. We entered in in obedience, but with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember when we first started going to Europe and we would take teams in so many of those environments where everything was new the, the the people group the language working with translators the mindsets the spirit realm yeah oh that's the you know that's a big one but i i remember thinking we need to take fuelers 
just in, in general, you know I've used that term, so that there can be a patterning of what we mean by prayer. But also, I mean, it was, it was kind of like a uh, an agreement foundation that you could kind of rely on when you were facing the new stuff. Because um, you didn't really have a way to prepare. Mm -mm. I mean, there were times where we'd go into meetings and from the moment you sat down for the meeting, everything changed. So you didn't have time to go back and lay on the ground and pray or study for a little while. You just had to get up and open your mouth and rely on the things that, that you were taught. Well, think about this, though. I mean, think about when when they sent the spies into the land. What did they come back with? They came back with the giant, you know, the enemy's big. And really brought fear unto the people to when they said, we can't do that until Caleb rose up and said, or Joshua, yes, we can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that... Well, but it's true. I mean, every measure of, of this is um, as we enter the new. And this, this year of wisdom, I mean, it is a Bezalel kind of a thing. The spirit of wisdom came upon him. And we're, we're having to create and invent ways to reach out to the nations and provide for our people while leading people into a new dimension where where society and everybody else is saying shut down seclude yourself don't you know don't do anything you know we'll send you money we'll send you this we'll send you that and god's saying press into the new mm -hmm. step out into the waves um and so um and then this enemy influence that i've talked about and we've talked about where you feel this rush come on you to where all of a sudden out of the blue you, you feel all is lost and you question just like Elijah did, just like Moses did, uh, and a score of others, um, can we do it? We can't do it. There, you, you, you are a failure. You, and it is just, a, it's oppressive but it's invasive. And you have to you have to stand. You have to you have to remember what God has said, and you sure can't partner with the thing. Um, and it is the energy of of the enemy, in conjunction with lawlessness, and in uh, in in the the obsessing with injustice. Um, that's a that's a that's a cocktail of defeat and it, it in so many smaller ways it has kept people down but then you see people who dare to believe and who press forward no matter if it looks impossible in obedience and those are the success stories mm -hmm. you know I, I remember we talked about this in when we would go into West Virginia and we are coming back we are coming back but I, I remember going down home to visit my relatives and dreading the outhouse and all those other things. And even just as a little boy, I was taken by the fact that 
I'm just talking about my family. I'm not talking about the whole state. They'd all just sit around and talk about how terrible things were and what the government was going to do to help them. And, you know, if you did anything new, you were cityfied. And that was just an oppressive thing. And all the people, like if people would come about, come and see my dad or my, my uh, you know, it was my dad's family more than anything else. And they were all that way. And there was never any feeling, anybody who made it had to get up and leave that environment. Now, like the, 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 the story, October Sky, about the guys that worked finally for NASA. Um, you know, two of my uncles left because of the military. My dad left because he either had to leave or he wasn't going to be able to feed his family. There wasn't any food. And um, thanks be to God that happened because I'd be sitting around with bad teeth and a Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew dentures um, waiting for the next government check to arrive. That's just my personal experience. And I'm thankful somehow, some way, God got us out of that. But it still was in my family, my parents. I mean, they were good people, but there wasn't a whole lot of... To, to feed the... Thank God. Keep us in church, feed the family, get clothes on our back. Thank God for that. But there wasn't a whole lot of ideas coming my way as to what I was going to be in life. Um... And, and so that's just a mindset, but then you take it to the, you see it in what we've just talked about, the enemy and what he's doing. It, it's oppressive to people. And um, which I think is one of the reasons Jesus would ask, and you look in the circumstances, what do you want? He says to the blind man, can you believe? He would say. Are you willing to step out of this? Are you willing to, you know, like the, the, the man that sat there at the pool of Bethesda, waiting for the angels to stir the waters? Well, he wasn't going to be the first one in because he, he was crippled. <laughs> and, you know, Jesus had to say, take up your bed, arise, take up your bed and walk. you got to get out of this environment. you got to take a step. And if you're not willing to, to step out of the boat and keep your eye on him, the waves and the storm will destroy you. And it has nothing to do with your color. It has nothing to do with your nationality. It is as, it is as simple as a spiritual principle. And um, so in this year of wisdom, we're, we're being forced to do things but I think now God out of necessity and God's been gracious with that but now I, I agree with you God is pressing us <clears throat> to step forward not because we have to in just straight terms but because he has commanded it and we, we say here am I yeah. I will go yeah, but yeah, just think about it. I mean, to walk in that spirit, to have that spirit of wisdom, and then to know that what accompanies the move of the spirit and the dunamis 
and the breakthrough and the the miraculous power that in the that fuels that that the enemy cannot stand against that yeah. i mean that that is what is promised to us and to me that is so exciting <laughs> because we can do all kinds of things we can create all kinds of things we can build and initiate and create but we need we need the dunamis we yeah. need we need the power we don't worship the power we don't even seek the power but we readily admit that we need the power yeah and yeah yeah so, and and the, i mean even as simple as you know i was thinking about the father and and I, I I can't take credit for this. I listened to an interview a couple of days ago about our nation and about just the creative dimension of Christianity and um, and it it really moved me. But one of the things that the guy that was interviewed said was, the first five words of the Bible are what, in the beginning God created. And. You know, before he was anything to us, before he was our savior, our deliverer, anything to us, he was creator. He is he is one of creation and it comes through his voice. It comes through the empowerment of his voice. And 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 that's what he is giving to us and that's why the whole supplication and prosuke and all these things that God's been teaching us about to apply in our prayer even our diverse tongues is so important but you know there's death and life in the power of the tongue and we need to be I don't know we just need to be really mindful and know that we are he put us here to to, to partner in that measure of creation and 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 initiation of well the whole um, Genomai Genos, mm -hmm. that, that, that whole principle, all the things that he's taught us. It's just such a beautiful just equation that, that line upon line, we're going to see yeah. the application of. You know, that, that's a good verse. Um, and the thing that tomorrow I think I'm going to speak on what it means to be one. But that beginning was first fruits. Yeah. And in the first fruits is God's creation. Yeah. And and it also means it was a it was a derivative of of uh, the word meaning one or the priority or the, the main thing. And so when we say God is one, we're really hearkening back to that first scripture of all. That God is a first fruits God, and that He is uh, He is focused on His apostolic agenda at all times, because it's it's good. And so when we say we're one with God, we should be saying what happened. You know that what's the other first fruits? It was Pentecost, right? The birth of the church. We, so when the earth was created, and when uh, the church was created. It's still that principle of first fruit. So, with that, we've got to hear from God. We've got to obey, give the very best of who we are, and lay that out 
as the beginning point uh, because then then what will come is the answer if we don't do that we're we're not gonna we'll be also rants we may be recipients but it'll be as a result of the thing instead of being the friend of God that's there in the midst of it so um, yeah and I I, I don't want to I didn't want to pull something out of context but um, you know I told you that I listened to an interview and these are two people that I know and so I it was brought to my attention and I watched it on Sunday and the the premise behind was speaking of God being a creative God and and pouring that wisdom into his sons to to demonstrate that creativity here upon the earth and it was talking about what's going on on the earth particularly in our nation because it was focusing on our nation and how the enemy has taken he has driven so demonically people to deface so much of the create the creative um i you know i'm not saying that a statue of abraham lincoln was was like something that was created through the spirit of of the wisdom but was it not you know in the way that they've the the enemy and 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 all these statues and and art artistic works and things like that have been just destroyed and um how that's such a direct in, um enemy attack but it was the focus of it came through i don't know if you've ever read the book the naked communist no okay well they were talking about this book and in this book i think it came out during ronald reagan days during uh-huh. his reign the evil empire yeah and they were talking about there's like 30 or 40 things listed in this this book the naked communist that is the enemy's agenda that are things that are going to happen in our nation over the course of the next few decades and he began to read he read about 20 of them he didn't read the whole list but he said every single one of these things has taken place wow and that was one of them was just the the what's happened over the last years number of years but uh, i'm sorry the last number of months here in our nation but anyway i just I didn't want to like just pull that out of context. Say, oh, I listened to an interview because I want to. I'm careful what I listen to is what I'm saying. <laughs> so that's uh, that's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. But the Lord is rising, and he he's moving. And in the face of darkness, I just so fully believe that the manifestation of his spirit is going to be so prevalent amongst those who are walking with him. And light will overtake the darkness. Can't say it's going to be easy, but anyway. Well, I think that's, you know largely what the saints are are people who pray in the power of the Holy Ghost for the original purposes of God to be 
unveiled and achieved. And it is really uh, an inception kind of a thing, even like what you said about genos, the the diversities of tongues, the, the genetic thing of, of, of essence and identity. And uh, that's that's the essence. I mean, you can you can have you can have a hospital with a birthing wing, and you can have doctors and nurses and midwives and all the technology, and you can have all of those things in place. But if you don't have that ability for conception, which is not seen, mm-hmm. if you don't have that, none of those things matter, and so I feel like the saints, and this is basically what our, the name is, are people who partner with God to initiate the burden and to release what it is that he's wanting to do. And then you you follow that gestational period in intercession like Hannah did. And you, you, bring, that, you bring that to life. And we have to recognize that's that's our our role. Now God will sometimes let us be like Anna or Simeon, who can prophesy at the at the birth. But we just have to recognize that we're centered at the throne where the beginning of all things are, and there may never be any notoriety. There may never be any feel-good applause from people. And that, you know, that's a privilege. That's what we all wanted at the beginning. That's, but then, you know, after a while, some would think, oh, you know, I'm not getting the notoriety. You know, when's my ministry going to be known? And and that's the death knell. And that, that is the last thing on my mind. <laughs> well, you're more holy than me. There are times that the enemy comes to me and I... And I think, you know, Father, we need some help here. Well, of course, I think that, yes. And, of course, I want all to come. And I mean, I want us to be effective. Exactly. I mean, I, I want whatever we do to be effective and empowered and desperately so, so that yeah, our work is fulfilled. You know, I want to segue back because we've got 20 minutes left. And you you brought up the issue of diverse uh, discerning of spirits, and it's it, early on. You know there were times when people would want us to tell them what we perceived in as seers, and there were a lot of times, and still are a lot of times, where you could visually see or sense dimensions of the colors of God around people, which could indicate something that God was doing at the time or could indicate a propensity that he placed within them to manifest as, you know, as prophets or as those who were in, who were uh, endued with the capacity to gain the intellectual understandings of things or people who could really press through as a as a burden bearer and we stop talking about that because there's a difference between 
perceiving it on somebody and them receiving it themselves and implementing it. And then there were people who only did this for a couple times, usually at the request of folks. But there were people who said, well, I thought you said this. And I thought, look what they've done. You know, and they would come back kind of like saying, you missed it. And so I guess what I'm saying is that part of discerning of spirits as we press into being able to glean which part of the heart of God he's wanting to manifest at that point. Of course, he's all one. It's all one God. But to sense it and to get the people to really step into it are two different things. And and I've prayed about that and I'm still waiting on as we press forward to be able to discern in meetings or nations or circumstances to a greater degree than what we've known, what do we as saints who, who have that capacity that I just tried to awkwardly describe, what do we do to try to get people to step into that? Yeah, and it, it's not just telling it because that doesn't really it fills a prophecy book. How, how do we have the impulse? How did God give Bezalel the spirit of wisdom? Because there was obviously a need. I mean, God was talking to them about, okay, I want you to fashion this thing for the Ark of the Covenant, and, you know, I want you to fashion this candlestick, and I want you to do these things. There was an obvious need there. So how did... Moses and how did the Spirit of God get this man who had some skills we we assume he had some skills how did he get him to accept that and then to be willing to to launch out and do it I think this is an age-old question and I think that you know, there, for the longest time, it seemed like there was a wave of of when we would go out to minister, the people wanted to be fed. Yeah. And even here, you know, people, people, and I'm I'm a people, so okay, I'm not speaking of anybody because I'm included in this group, are 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 lazy, and they want to be told. They want, and remember in the very beginning when we were just learning about the spirit realm, and after every prayer time, we would like flock to you and say, what happened? Until you began to teach us, and the spirit began to teach us to step out and began, began to, to truly walk and discern in the spirit on our, on our own. But it took some kicking us out of the nest. Yeah. Not just once, but a multitude of tailies for me because it's so much easier for me to defer to you and and say pastor or apostle what's happening what do you glean and and I will always defer to that because you're the apostle but but coming to the reality that I also have a responsibility in my role and in the giftings that God's given me to take that responsibility and to be functional because how can you be functional in the spirit if you 
are clueless because you're shut down. So yeah. I'm not answering your question about how Bezalel accepted it. I think it comes down to saying yes, to opening your spirit to, and this is so interesting because I was just in California with the young people there in California. And the Lord was dealing with me about some things that I was feeling in my spirit before I went. And one of those things, and I, I'm just being completely transparent, was, was the ways in which sometimes I might hold back in the spirit or even stepping into a setting as an authority because it's uncomfortable. And the Lord has really been talking to me about you need to get used to being uncomfortable. Because just about everything that we do in Him is something that has never been done before or something that perhaps we feel we lack in personally in our own capacity, but it's through Him that we do it. And so it's that gap point where you get in that place and, and it feels very uncomfortable. And that's, that's the place where you can literally step into the Spirit and be free in the Spirit and move in the Spirit in the fullness of what God wants to do. But I think that we're stepping into some things that are going to make us uncomfortable. Like in the very beginning, when the spirit began to move and the atmosphere was just crazy in this house, and it was uncomfortable because we couldn't explain it, because our minds couldn't, you know what I mean? And I think we're stepping into a new dimension where we're going to start seeing some things and even be instrumental in the move of the spirit in some settings that are going to blow us away, but also can be very uncomfortable. So when I step into this setting with these young people, especially in that in that place there in Santa Barbara, it can be uncomfortable for me because these kids, they are so open and they are so desperate and so hungry for the spirit to move through them that it, it's almost like I come in as an elder and and I have to find that balance. It's almost like stepping in in a pastoral kind of role where you have to juristic the atmosphere but keep your hands off and let the spirit flow freely. So it's like it's like going back but going forward at the same time in a new dimension for me and in a role that perhaps is I've not functioned in yet. Yeah. And so to answer your question I just had to completely go before the Lord and say, make me uncomfortable. I mean, make me, and I cannot even tell you, sitting in that service that Sunday night with them, because they've started a home church and we had a service on Sunday night. I mean, all I could see was the breakthrough on all sides of the Spirit. And, and I kept telling them and prophesying, you guys get used to this. Get used to being uncomfortable, but they have got to learn how to discern and how to apply what God's doing. And they're so hungry to learn that, to be taught that, to be um, discipled and mentored, to know how to move in the spirit. But this is how I think things get reckless. You know, I mean, I, I could name several scenarios that we've seen over the last 10 years that just went totally haywire. Yeah. And things were prophesied and spoken and, uh, you know, so I feel such a guardianship over these young people because I know there's a lot of there's a lot of influence 
that's trying to, to, to stop that breakthrough, to stop that move. And, and, and yet it's such a new thing. And so talk about Elisha's and Elijah's working together. I mean, I can just, it's just like little by little, I can see what our role is and what their role is and how it's got to be refined. And, and the Lord is, you know, so I don't think I answered your question. Well, you know, again, I think two things that's, first of all, it's wonderful. I'm so grateful for what God's doing out there. And it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, any kind of new invention. I mean, as soon as, as soon as that product becomes notable, you have bigger corporations that come in and want to buy them out and take over. So that in the natural happens. And I can guarantee you that's, that's Mm -hmm. something we really need to pray about because these ones that you're working with, including your son, who's prophesied from the time he was born or before, um, are called to do something that's never been done, not to just be uh, the latest, latest uh, trinket on the bracelet of a, of a bigger ministry. Um, but like, I, I remember when you first accepted the mantle of developing the interpretation group and the uh, the fivefold, and what was one of the things we heard over and over again? This is work. <laughs> it's too hard. It's work. I just want to commune with God. I don't really have to think of anything. And I didn't. Am I exaggerating? Oh, we heard those exact things. You know what? And just to be truthful, I felt that way myself. Well, you know, Lord, just keep me under the pew. Just let me just like be that one that just. But that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, and I remember you speaking to me saying, "It's time to rise," and and yet you have to rise up and step into it's like the man that could that was lowered down and jesus told him to take up his bed and walk or the guy in the pool of bethesda it's like you got to take up your bed and walk you got to step out of the boat you have to step out of the boat but one of the things that i really have appreciated about this group of young people is that they truly are and even our young people here they're so hungry to be mentored they're so hungry to learn they have such teachable spirits that I just pray that that never changes because I pray that that never changes in me and 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 all of us because we're all going to be called to step out into the new things yeah see and in in essence again that goes back to the heart of the saints Mm -hmm. what what the identity is what is holy and is it to partner with God for the inception of the genos of what he wants to do next and that's a selfless act. That, that is a thing that's done in the depth that nobody sees but him. But it's the way he chose, and that's the way he is. And um, I feel like, and that's one of the reasons that, you know, we've said, you know, what often destroys a couple, you know, sometimes having kids. You wrote, I think... Uh, you wrote about the burden and you, you, I don't think it was confined to one chapter. So many times we would see intercessors who would have a child and then 
that was it. They weren't intercessors anymore because that place within them that they used to give to God is now devoted to little whoever. And we would face that and grieve over it. You taught on it and you wrote about it. And, you know, you have to keep being as chaste virgins in the walk of the saints where you're willing to go before the Lord and experience that new thing and bring about a birthing. And, and I feel we're in that position now in the things that are coming upon the earth. And, and another thing, I've enjoyed so much having this, this app called BookBub because I can, I can buy books for nothing and read them fast. And I, I don't mean this critically at all. This is one of the reasons, and I know this can be irritating a lot, but knowing what we know as our calling of the saints, we insist on being scriptural. It has to be scriptural. And we also recognize that to a large degree, what we do, whether it's seen or not, is an apostolic calling into the Pentecostal movement and and to then the larger church. And so, you know, I want to always preserve our creativity that we don't become like the ones that we're supposed to in the spirit realm be influencing. Because as soon as you do that, you bottom out. And, the you know, Margaret Thatcher says consensus is the death of leadership. And Reagan said that too. They were, they were close uh, partners in bringing down this Soviet Union. We need that again in this naked communist thing. We, we need that. So as soon as you become like everybody else, you lose the consensus of leadership. You lose that apostolic arm. And you need somebody like Fenuel who will rise up and take the spear. And God said, this is my covenant of righteousness. Right. This is this. is this." But I read a book <coughs> last week that was released. And I bless it. Its title spoke about really powerful things. And it was like 99 cents. And so I bought it. And I read through it. And I thought, this is what is currently coming out of a mainstream move and I wasn't being critical of it I was saying Lord they need to go further you know that will you know how do I pray that they take this next step how do how do how do we pray because we can see that window of where they are and thank God they're where they are because 20 years ago when we started there wasn't any of that there wasn't any of the things they were talking about, even prophecy. So how do we how do we pray to influence that to move deeper? Because what I'm reading is a cutting edge word is like skim milk for a pneumonicus individual. And and again, I'm not saying we need to go and tell them. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not even asking for notoriety. That's that's that ship is if there was ever an inclination or the attempt to buy a ticket on that boat, it's gone. But how do we pray as saints to nudge that, to nudge that beyond this milky thing into the next thing? And, and with that, then how do we personally break through into the next thing, which should God tarry 
in 10 years you'll start seeing the manifestation of. You know, everything begins with a voice, but that beginning point, it, you know, I preached on Sunday, you know, times they are changing. And I think tomorrow night I'm going to borrow from another one of my favorite songs. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever be. Isn't that what it was? That you'll ever see or ever be? or? Oh, I don't remember. I know the song very well, but... Yeah, all you dog lovers should like the group Three Dog Night, you know. So, you got three dogs. <laughs> you have a lot of three dog nights. During the storm the other night, you had a three dog and night. I did, yes. So, anyway... I really do believe that this coming seminar, which is called If My People, um, I, I, it's really a call to prayer in the various outposts that God has planted the saints in. And, and I'm grateful for what God's done virtually because um, we're, we're going to be seeing the points of light in the footprint in prayer groups and in nations um, that uh, is really a prophetic act in itself. But it's kind of cool because I'm having to separate in my preparation what I know God's wanting to speak then from what we need to speak now um, in light of what's happening in our nation and the world. And one of the things that coming is that the Spirit has been speaking about the various dimensions of prayer that He's taught us, and He's showing a flow pattern that's connecting a line of grace and a line of prosuke, a line of of prayer, pala. And um, it's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool to see. So, we'll be sending more out in the next few weeks for um, the, sa <laughs> the saints. Voila. Um, and and I, would, I want to remind you, if you've not heard Pastor Allen's word, um, please make sure you listen to that on Facebook. And we bless Belgium. He and Colette are such very dear friends. And it's so good to see him. And we want to thank him for doing that. Also want to give a shout out to our brother Luke who just had a birthday last week. And um, we, we are so thankful for the way God continues to use him and Sylvie. I want to thank everybody for praying for my daughter Katie. And she is doing very well. The Lord is bringing perfect health and victory in so many ways. I want to thank you for your prayers for her. And I also want to release the covering, a fresh measure of the covering of the blood of Jesus over every one of us. We must rely in this time where we're waiting on the Spirit to say, okay, emerge from this place in a very tangible way toward your point of, of promise as sons. We need that covering every day. So I declare that over you. And I thank God for the way he's protected and preserved us uh, I thank God for the testimony Monica just gave. Um, we've been, she takes those flights and goes to the People's Republic of California. Um, I pray, I thank God for the way He's protected and covered you. Um, 
And for all of you, may God keep blessing and may we continue to be those saints that he has, he has called us to be. Final seconds, Monica, anything you want to prophesy or declare? Yeah, just have a blessed day. Have a blessed day. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> have a blessed day. Have a blessed have day, a blessed everyone. Day. Yes. This is your prophet. <laughs> God bless you. All right. We'll we'll see you tomorrow, Wednesday night live, and uh, till then, walk in the blessing of the Lord. After that point, you're on your own. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm playing. God bless you all. And um, have a wonderful day.